Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We've caught up earlier today with Stephen Biggins. He's the CEO of Core Lithium. They're an ASX listed lithium developer. We talk about DFS, cash in hand, some of the decisions they're going to need to make quite soon since their updated DFS is complete. If you want our thoughts and opinions on that conversation, some of those topics and the company itself, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club, where you can also find detailed company reports and analysis, should find that useful, summaries of other interviews that we've done to save you some time, plus training courses to help you with your own diligence process, and commentary from experts from around the world on a variety of companies and commodities, uh, which you will definitely find uh, interesting and exciting, plus a thriving community of investors sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other in a nice, safe, friendly environment, free from trolling and abuse. If that sounds nice to you, go and Check that out at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. Stephen, how are you, sir? Good, thanks, Matthew. Good to speak with you again. Well, did you have a good Christmas? Because last time we spoke was like middle of December. Any downtime? It was. It was, it was a good Christmas. It was a little bit of downtime, probably lasted a few days. Um, and then as soon as I picked up my phone post New Year's, it's been on. So, uh, yeah, the year's really started uh, as a program. It was bonkers i think when i when i spoke to you in december your, your, your share price had doubled and and i think in the you, you went then went from nine cents to about the high 30s or quadrupled again you, you've settled down at a more respectable 22. um people are paying attention yeah well i think yeah there's obviously there's, there's interest coming back into the lithium sector and as it should so you know, investors are coming back following equities but but in some ways, they're following the commodity price because the the you know, the lithium price and chemical price in China's increased somewhere between forty and fifty percent over the last few months, um, and the spodumene price has increased you know, from three hundred and fifty bucks middle of last year. It was four hundred and fifty last month, and yeah, you know, the last last chat I've had um, uh, is suggesting that prices are now got a five in, five in front of them. So. It's the price is really coming hard, uh, but and equity, uh, investors are coming into the, the sector again, which is great. But they're following, you know, the fundamentals, which is that the price is increasing and demand is increasing. But I think the battery metals seem to be working as a cohort. Do you know what I mean? It's like lithium's d- doing yeah. well after you know three, four years. Well, three years maybe of people not paying attention to it. Likewise, tin. Yeah. Likewise, nickel, and you know, collectively, people. This, this thematic is really taking off. I, I guess what driven by what uh, production, EV production in China. Yeah, well, it's record EV sales all around the globe. So you know, it was 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 China, um, and then last year was just so strong in Europe, uh, and the last few months of uh, 2020 were were a record global EV sales, and then and then um, you know, with a cha- change of um, President in the US, um, there's, you know, it looks like the US is now going to join join China and and Europe as it looks to um, decrease its emissions and and you know, stimulate global growth and EVs through, through a low emission future. Uh, and that's where you know batteries and battery minerals are, are well placed to to contribute to that. Okay, well, I wouldn't mind talking a little bit of macro with you in a second, if you don't mind. But I always get people mm. to kick off. Give us that one-minute uh, overview for people new to the story, and we'll pick it up from there. Yeah, sure. So, simply put, Core Lithium is a, Australia's most advanced new lithium producer. 
Uh, we're one. We're right at the front of the line of new global lithium production. We're one of only only a handful of uh, lithium projects around the globe that look to start construction this year. Uh, we've got a fully lithium, fully approved lithium project producing high quality lithium concentrates out of Darwin in northern Australia, uh, and we aim to start construction of the project later this year and potentially be in production by the end of 2022. Fantastic. Okay. Now, people, there'll be some people who are new to investing in mining and there'll be some people new to lithium yeah. specifically. You're a spodumene producer and you've got hydroxide producers and you both talk your playbook. Um, I, I suspect <laughs> given where what the price of spodumene is doing at the moment, you've got a good, a good story to tell. Um, what's driving that? Yeah, well, I think one of sort of the significant um, uh, points of interest in regards to core specifically is that uh, we're likely to become part of Tesla's supply chain in the future uh, through an offtake deal uh, that our largest shareholder, a group called Zetuan Yahua, uh, did with Tesla in December. And, and their Yahua are going to be supplying Tesla with lithium hydroxide for five years. And we have an offtake deal with Tesla to supply, uh, sorry, with Yappa to supply them with uh, spodumene, uh, from which they will produce lithium hydroxide and supply to Tesla and other companies, uh, other, uh, other uh, customers. So, in a roundabout way, you're Elon's new best friend. Yeah, we're likely to become sort of indirectly part of Tesla's supply chain. Good. And do you think that's what drove the share price spike? I think there's been a specific interest in core um, you know, as a result of that that um, sort of association, if you like, with, with Tesla. Um, but as a whole, there's you know we, we you know, it's becoming recognised that we're the, the most advanced new lithium producer in Australia, um, and, and that we're going to be significantly contributing to the lithium battery supply chain in the next uh, couple of years. Right. Okay. And just just more wider than that. The hydroxide producers, are, you know, they, they talk they talk the game of they're going to be first in the queue, right? Because they've got the better product, yeah, higher margins, all of that kind of good stuff. Spodumene is kind of the, the, the poor cousin. Um, what's your take on spodumene market as a whole at the moment? Yeah, sure. Is that the, the spodumene price is increasing uh, in the same way that lithium hydroxide and carbonate is. So... Um, yet the margins in the industry need to increase for new supply to be incentivised to become in. Um, and, you know, that's, that's the lesson learnt um, through 2020. If you don't invest in new supply um, and you don't have incentive prices in, in the, the lithium sector, then, then the supply stagnates, it falls behind and, and prices increase again. But I, I think... Uh, the industry is being more mature, and so I think we'll see some stabilisation, some incentive prices stabilising the sector because the whole of the the, the EV supply chain needs to grow. So, um, yeah, the whole of the lithium battery supply chain needs to grow with a level of maturity and stability um, so that they can happen smoothly. Do you think the incumbents will try to control the flow of product into the market in terms of supply? Because obviously, you, you know, everyone's talking the story about the demand's growing, the demand's growing, and, and you know, sales would suggest that they are growing. We don't know yeah. who's going to be correct in terms of their project predictions, but what role do existing incumbents have in terms of controlling that? And how does it affect companies like yours? Obviously, you've got an offtake. You would agree, you'd probably argue that you're fine, but what about the rest of the market? Yeah, well, there's, there's really, you know, there's, there's only, um, 
have four spodumene miners in, in, in Australia, three, three of them independent, um, that represent over half the world's lithium supply. So, yeah, there's a lot of control now falling back to the primary raw material suppliers in Australia. Um, and now the, and demand is growing. So now those suppliers are in, in a really good position to, uh, to control supply in a, in, a, in a sensible way and, and uh, have some influence on, positive influence on pricing too. But when you say do it in a sensible way, sensible way to benefit them, but it, it means that you're not in control. They, to a large degree, they're in control. So just how sensible do they need to be to allow you to succeed? Well, I think that the more the more that, that they, uh, the volumes are controlled, the, the 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 higher the price will go, and therefore the more attractive it is for us and our shareholders um, to get exposed to those prices uh, sooner rather than later. And that's that's where Core has a, a great advantage versus other developing projects around the globe. In that over the last six years, we've we've gone through all the approvals process, we've gone through all the engineering and feasibility. Uh, so we're right when we are now you know, near construction ready uh, with the aim of uh, you know, making a final investment um, decision on the project in the next four to six months. Right, but I'm, I'm trying to, I'm, what I'm trying to work out is where, where's that competitive tension set in terms of pricing for you? You know, are you, where do you need it to be versus where the other three Aussie Spodumene producers need it to be? Yeah, well, if, 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 if what I'm hearing is right is that Pricing is now, um, you know, uh, will, will be profitable as pricing is now, and and uh, that the future, um, based on the level of demand that we are receiving from all the way through the supply chain, you know, all the way through to to uh, uh, electric vehicle manufacturers themselves, you know, lithium battery manufacturers, the cathode manufacturers, and the and the converters, all the way through the supply chain, we've got interest in in our product. Um, and it's multiples beyond our capability to supply. So that's that's the that's the balance that's going. Beautiful. So you, you, I mean, you're a lot. You're in control of a lot of moving parts in the sense that you've got a stack of cash now, over forty million Aussie of cash. Mm. You're the reality is you're probably you know looking for some kind of FID soon this this year, mm-hmm. presumably. What, yes. what, what's what's that dependent on? When when do you when would you start you make that decision because you've got all the you've got your DFS yeah. done. You've got a lot of the data. Uh, you, you know it's all good, but what's holding you back? Yeah, essentially we're we're updating our, our DFS at this very moment. So we've got some some sort of final engineering studies we're completing over the next uh, couple of months. Then we'd look to release that um, updated DFS next quarter, uh, and then present the project to debt finance markets. Um, with the, with the aim on a, on a reasonable time frame of of achieving FID by the third quarter of this year. Have you got a sense of it? Because it's quite a low capex, like what is it, eighty five million bucks or so. Have you yep. gone and had any soft conversations about what you can expect to see? Yeah, yeah, we we have. So we've we've, we've um, you know had a lot of interest in the soft marketing we've so far for for the debt side. Um, so we expect you know, to to be able to access a, a you know a standard bank. Debt finance piece. One, one thing that's been uh, an advantage, if you like, of being in the in the, the sort of the the second phase of the, the lithium industry is that the you know banking industry around the globe has become much more comfortable with the lithium sector, and certainly alongside you know the ESG themes and and the mandates uh, for the from, from banks around the globe, 
um, you know, is that they they want to be participate and contribute to um, yeah, facilitating the growth in the lithium battery supply chain. So, I mean, how do you manage those conversations with banks? Because obviously, 2017, a bit of a spike there it, um, in, in the market in terms of certainly in terms of equities. Um, but then there's a, you know, over, you know, washed with uh, oversupply. The market got very, very nervous, and I think yeah. that nervousness is still there with, with some of the financiers. Financiers. So, how do you have those conversations to ensure them that you know it's going to market's going to be okay, prices will hold. I mean, how do you, how do you get a yeah. sense of yeah. what the future looks like in terms of pricing? Well, I think the key signal that, that, um, that the banks were looking for was was a, a a flattening of the price and an increase of the price, and we've seen both those things. So, uh, I, I think that now puts us in a very good position to be presenting the case to to uh, to debt markets for, for the banking later this year. Right. Okay. And are you getting again? You've got you've also got gold. We shouldn't forget gold. Yes. Now, now gold's, yes. gold's yeah, come yeah. off a bit. It's come off a bit, but you were encouraged by what you saw, you know, and the market was quite frothy for gold right up till you know nearly nearly Christmas time. Um, are you tempted to just park that up, or is it you know all all guns blazing on that? Now you've got the money. Well, I think with the yeah with the with the cash that we've raised, yeah, the largest portion of that cash is going to go into lithium exploration and resource drilling to continue to grow the life of mine of the lithium project. And I think given the, the level of demand that we have, uh, increasing level of demand that we have with the opportunity around growing the life of mine, then there are opportunities to look at increasing the capacity of production of the project as well. Uh, but we will also, you know, with, with our exploration, lithium exploration teams and drill rigs in the area, there's some really strong synergies to, to put that into um, particularly in our Far East Gold Discovery, which is only about five kilometres away from where we expect the, uh, the, the uh, lithium plant, lithium mine and processing plant to be. You know, some strong synergies there for us to be carrying out some uh, some of that early early uh, value-add gold exploration alongside that this year. So and is there any plans? In terms, I mean, it's early days, I get it, but at what point do you start making decisions about maybe spinning that out somewhere else? Because, you know, lithium company, gold company, not particularly conducive, um, not too many overlappings. There are some, but not too many. Mm. What do you need to see there before you make it, need to feel you need to make a decision about what you do with that asset for the benefit of your shareholders? Yeah, well, I, I think, um, as I said, I think quite efficiently we can, we can add some value and understand the value and, and understand that value more clearly before we look to sort of act corporately with those assets. Um, but... When the timing is right, along with our, our um, you know, high-grade silver Louis project in the Northern Territory, um, yeah, there is the opportunity to sort of act corporately to create value for our shareholders through possibly separating those assets out in the in the future. Right. Okay. But no idea of timing yet. This is just a process you're going to go through. I, I think we're sort of certainly with the, the silver asset. You know, we've got expressions of interest from other sort of corporates. Um, um, and both both in the gold uh, and and sort of you know a number of expressions from brokers who are keen to take those those projects to market as well. Right. So we'll, we'll we'll work with them. Um, and you know, yeah, you know, in our past we've sort of created successful spinouts. Um, you know, one of them I've, I've done previously, which is a silver one, which is Investigator Resources um, with a high grade silver resource in South Australia. 
Um, so I've done that successfully before. So when the timing's right, we'll push the button and create value for shareholders. Okay. Yeah, we, yeah, we spoke to them. Um, just for people who perhaps aren't, I, I know this conversation is pretty much about for people who understand the project, just maybe we'll bring it back a bit. You talk about being Australia's most advanced lithium project. I don't know if that's sponsoring or just across the board, but um, what does that mean? Obviously, you don't, you don't, you're updating the DFS, but what does what has the DFS told you about what it is that you've got, especially around the economics, so people know what they're kind of walking into here? Yeah, sure. So, so when we say advanced, we say we have all the approvals we need in hand from from the government to to start mining, to start construction, and, and to be operating both the mine and the processing facility. So we have those things in hand. We've got binding offtake with with uh, one of China's largest lithium producers in place already. Uh, we've completed um, uh, DFS level engineering on both the, the above ground and, and below ground uh, parts of the project. Um, and in regards to um, you know the, the the feasibility, we've got a low capex, eighty five million dollars Australian. Uh, to be producing 175,000 tonnes per annum of, of high-quality lithium concentrate uh, at an operating cost that's going to be very competitive with our, our peers in Australia. Okay. And just on the offtake components, I mean, again, remind me of the time was there. Yeah, so it's a, it's a, a four-year contract with, with Yapai to supply them with um, 75,000 tonnes per annum of spodumene concentrate, What's which is about 40% of our production. Right. Okay, and, and you wanted to maintain the option with regards to the current remaining sixty percent. Why, why was that a good? Yeah, deal? why is that a good deal for you? Why not offload all one hundred percent of what you've got? Yeah, well, I, I think yeah, you know, we've got a, a terrific relationship with with Yahoo. They've been strong supporters, um, but yeah, on balance, it's it's um, you know it's good to have a level of diversification um, in, in our in our sort of customer book. If you like, um, so that's that's one of our strategies, and you know the, the level of interest in that remaining offtake has you know, increased um, uh, yeah, and accelerated over the last few months. Right. Okay. And what's the plan for twenty twenty one with with this cash? Expand expand the resource. Yeah. So first and foremost, it's really you know, achieve FID. Um, you know, by the third quarter of this year start construction of the project by the end of this year and then alongside that with the cash that we currently have, really go hard on our drilling and increase the resources of the project, increase the life of mine and then be considering production capacity increases for the project uh, alongside that new information. Right, okay. Well, but sounds easy. Sounds like you've got it all cracked. Well, it's, it's yeah, it become an overnight success after six years. <laughs> So, I mean, essentially, you know, we've, we've built a really good team. Uh, we're in the right place with the right asset. Uh, and, you yeah, know, now that we're funded, we can really deliver on those goals that we've had as a company and as a team uh, over the last few years. Um, and the feedback we've had from the market, both strategically and from finance markets, is we, we want to support you um, to deliver this project and, and that the product is needed by globally by the, the lithium sector. And I mean, just in terms of coming back to the macro, but we've seen recently so SQM and West Farmers do, do their thing. And you know, so there's some big deals happening. We saw Piedmont with Tesla, and I know you've got a Tesla connection yourself. There's a lot more M&A activity 
it seems, happening at the moment. And do you think that's born out of necessity because some companies were struggling to survive or do you think scale is going to be important going forward? Well, I think it's a bit of both. I mean, there was some, you know, some well-timed and opportunistic acquisitions that were sort of made last year uh, towards the bottom of the, bottom of the market. Um, and that's typically when you sort of see M&A is, you know, sort of, at sort of pivot points in, in the market. Um, and then there's, a, you know, alongside that, you now see sort of valuations coming back, equity valuations coming back into the sector um, as a whole. And so what does that mean for you guys? What was the possible implications for you guys? Well, well, I suppose we're, you know, we're, we're, there, we're positioned as Australia's next new lifting producer. If, you know, if, if parties want to get control over, over more supply, then you know, uh, we're possibly part of that mix. But you know, re- really, as a, as a team, we're focused on delivering this project. We think it's a great outcome for shareholders for us because of the low capex and the high revenues for us to get into production. That's where value lies. And do you think your offtake partner would be a spoke in the sorry a, a stick in the spokes of the wheel there if you did want to do something like that? Or would that just I don't again coming back to the terms under which you've signed that contract? Hmm. How do you manage that? Yeah, well, I, I would want to speculate on that. Okay, good. Stephen, great update. You should come back every six weeks because your share price seems to go crazy when you do that. Um, what, 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 would, yeah, what should we talk about next? What would be the next thing we'll be talking about in six weeks? Well, I think we'll be uh, talking about the sort of the feasibility should be imminent. We should be starting to ramp up our drilling programs uh, and we'll be talking about our sort of you know, plans for, for resource growth. Um, and I would, I would suspect we'll be talking about it in the context of even a, even a significantly increased lithium price from, from where it is now too. Okay, well, that would be fantastic. I mean, do, do come back on, like I said, it's, it's been a pleasure following how you guys are doing, but more importantly, how the market's reacting to what you're doing, because you know, like you said, after five or six years of no one really caring, it's, uh, it's quite a nice place to be, right? Yeah, it's satisfying, it's satisfying now, Matthew, but some hard work and tears to get here. And some hard work and tears to get where you need to be too. So uh, good luck with that, Stephen. Stay in touch. Uh, We'll speak soon, okay? Yeah, terrific. Thanks, Matthew. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to CruxCast or our website, cruxinvestor.com and of course our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming and we'll speak to you again soon.